This morning, we want to consider together the very personal subject of prayer. These thoughts have been prompted by the reference to prayer in our reading of the day from the second book of Kings, chapter 19. The information given in the first verse leaves us without any detail of the circumstances of this incident. And to fully understand the situation, we have to go back into the last two verses of the previous chapter. Verse 32 gives us the words of the Assyrian spokesman. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and then let each, each ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his fig tree, and drink ye every one of the waters of his cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of coin and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive oil and honey, that ye may live and not die, and hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuaded you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. The reaction from the chief men of Judah is given to us in verse 37. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and told him the words of Rabshakeh. We can now understand the circumstances to which Hezekiah was reacting. Thus we read in verse 1 of today's chapter that it came to pass, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. Whilst we are not informed exactly that the reason for his visit to the house of God was to pray, later actions show that he asked the priest to request Isaiah to pray. For we read that he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. It may be that the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. The reply was a reassuring one. Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard. We read further in verse 10, that Rabshakeh returned, and that he gave the following message. Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. When Hezekiah received the letter, he again went up into the house of the Lord, and spread it before the Lord. This time we see that it is clearly stated in verse 15 that he went to pray to God. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, 
bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. How many of the faithful have similarly sought the reassurance of God, that God that is in control of their affairs? The records in Scripture are considerable. As we read through the Old Testament, we find records of the faithful from Abraham onwards who sought help and guidance from the Almighty. We can think about the desperate Hannah, of whom we read in the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verse 10, that she was in bitterness of spirit and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. The interesting feature of this incident is that she wasn't using her voice, only her mind. For we read that as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. This was a silent prayer, but as we know, it was a very effective one resulting in the birth of that great leader, Samuel. This shows us that we can just think prayers, wherever we may be, and at any time. There is another incident from which we can get good guidance. We refer to the situation recorded for us in Nehemiah 2, verse 1, that in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. We are told that the king recognised that Nehemiah was in sorrow of heart. The king's response to this faithful servant was, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? As a result, Nehemiah, we are told, was very sore afraid, for he had to reveal that what was heavily on his mind so he poured out his heart regarding the situation that Jerusalem was in ruins. We then learn of the position in which Nehemiah found himself. He was faced with this question from the king, For what dost thou make request? He couldn't ask to be excused while he went away to commune with the Almighty, so in that very briefest of prayers ever recorded, he silently obviously also without any lip movement, prayed for help. So I prayed to the God of heaven. This must have been one of the shortest prayers ever recorded, perhaps just a few simple thoughts. God help me. The result was positive, as you're all aware, and subsequently he was sent to return temporarily to Jerusalem to see it, that the walls were rebuilt, have we ever done the same thing in difficult circumstances? Do we ever stop in what we are doing to offer a private prayer silently for guidance and help? It is, of course, good to have set occasions in our daily routines to offer prayer to God, just as Daniel did. And he recorded in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. 
He was a man of prayer, and we need to exercise that same discipline on ourselves. But there are also those occasions, as with Nehemiah, where we may rightly feel that the Lord God has stepped in to help or control affairs when we have stopped taking an action which would have been detrimental to ourselves or when we have escaped a situation that could have been dangerous for us. The hand of God is always there with us and it is that right there, that hand, we have to recognise, like Nehemiah, that we should offer a silent word of prayer of thanks, something simple, thank you God. The wise man Solomon has repeated twice in Proverbs 15 and in verse 8 that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Let us repeat those last few words and fully recognise that prayer to God is his delight. And again Solomon writes at verse 29, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The response from our Heavenly Father may not always be what we wanted, but let us be assured that it is always a good one in the situation in which we may find ourselves. Naturally, there are those occasions when privacy is desirable. One example is in our reading from the New Testament today. We read of Jesus spending the day healing the sick, which we know from the record of another miracle caused strength to go out of him. We read in Luke 5, verse 15, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Then it seems to be a consequence of this labour that we read in verse 16, that he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. That's a good example for us to follow, to find a private place to pray if we have been under stressful situations. These are things that we should be bearing in mind, and that we should bear in mind every day, as we offer congregational prayer. Jesus warned the disciples to beware of the example of the scribes whom he said, make long prayers. That isn't to say that any of us who offer prayer in the meetings do so for a show, as Jesus said of the scribes, but prayers should be concise, just as Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2, for God is in heaven and thou upon earth, therefore, let thy words be few. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, and we all remember the words he offered them. Our Father. We know the words so well, but let us always bear in mind that the manner of prayer he offered them takes less than one minute. Naturally, in the Ecclesia, there are other things to be considered in our prayers, a blessing for the work of the Ecclesia and to remember the needs of others in distress. But let us make them simple, concise and to the point. And then we are assured that the eyes of the Lord are always over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. 
Offering public prayer is one of the most difficult tasks of all the duties we have in the Ecclesia, and all of us present all of us present must remember that when we say Amen, we are agreeing with what is said. Public prayer, just as with private prayer, should follow the same constraints. It's true that James has written, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But let us always remember the words of Jesus. When ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. We don't need to remind God about the things that he has caused to be written for our learning. He doesn't forget what he has promised. Writing to the Philippian Ecclesia, Paul wrote, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Supplication with thanksgiving are the ingredients of good prayer, says the Apostle. We repeat the words of Solomon that are quoted earlier. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. That applies to prayer, whether private or communal. Sadly, we live in an age of the Gentiles which know not God. As the Apostle Paul wrote, But the days will soon be here when prayer to God will become the normal thing, exercised by all those people who survive the outpouring of the wrath of God in the day of the Almighty. The prophet Zechariah has written these words, And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord, and to seek the Lord God of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord. What a different world that will be. Let us then continue to pray as our Lord has said, Watch ye therefore always, and pray that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. So we close these thoughts by joining in with the words of the psalmist's prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. <laughs> 